Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Marana, host of the show, and it is show number 254. Happy August, happy summer, happy return back to school for many of you uh, who are back to school, mainly the schools in the South and some in the West are getting ready to start on Monday, August 14th, including um, uh, my guest tonight, Principal Ryan Fiddledye. Ryan, I am working on that pronunciation, uh, but Ryan is an elementary principal in Colorado. Uh, Ryan is a friend of mine, and Ryan is a basketball referee. Uh, so we have lots to talk about. We're going to meet Ryan in a minute. Uh, but happy August, happy Thursday, and uh, welcome to show number 254. It has been a while. I have taken several weeks off of the podcast. Uh, I don't really have seasons like uh, some other people, but I was away, took some time away, unplugged a little bit, and uh, just pushed the schedule out. So Ryan uh, is the first here in August and kind of turning the page towards the 23-24 school year, and I look forward to that conversation. I do want to uh, uh, give a shout-out to today's sponsor. It is Havsies Cookies. Uh, check them out. That's their website, havesiescookies.com. I did have two cookies here before the uh, start of the show, and I now just have one. But look at the size of that. And they're so big and they're so good. And that's right. You only need half. But when he cuts them in half, you can see, like, God, look at that. Halves these cookies. If you're listening on audio, I got a huge chocolate chip cookie here. It's delicious. Halves these cookies. Use discount code Marada. Mmm. Use discount code Marada for um, a discount, and um, David Mafai and his company will take care of you. They'll vacuum, vacuum ship them to you. Ryan, we're going to send you some uh, for being a guest here today. You share them with your beautiful children. Havesiescookies.com. Eating on a podcast is not a good idea. <laughs> but check out that company. Great cookies. You're going somewhere. You want to send somebody a gift. Havesiescookies.com. Discount code Mariah. All right. Let's get rolling with show number 254 here. The opening topic is called, how do I get to the next level? I've been uh, at conferences this summer, school openings, things like that. I meet a lot of educators, have a lot of educational and professional conversations. And someone shared with me, they were having an evaluation meeting uh, with their supervisor. This is uh, up in Vermont. Uh, this summer, they were having a conversation with their supervisor, and the supervisor was uh, kind of about to give them a grade. They were about to kind of tell them, hey, you're a blank. You're a, you know, this level of where they are. And the person paused them and they said, hey, man, I, I, you don't need to share that with me. I, you know, whatever I'm at, whatever level you think I'm at, it's okay. How do I get to the next level? How do I improve? And that story just struck me, right? Like, wow, they they didn't they didn't have that desire to know where where they were, right, or where they are. They just wanted to know how can I continue to get better. If they were an A plus, how can I continue to get better? If they were a D, a C, how do I continue to get better? And uh, I had a lot of respect for that person. I admired that answer. You know, we all want to know where we're at, right? Hey, my, what do you think of my work? Um, he didn't he didn't need to know that. He, he just said, I, I just want to know how to, how do I continue to grow better? I thought it was a great definition of a, a growth mindset. 
And I, I encourage that educator and applaud that educator for their strength and commitment to getting better. Speaking of getting better, he is ready to start. Ryan, I think it's your, your fourth year here. It might be your fifth, uh, but let's see. Let's bring Ryan, I'm going to make sure I pronounce it right, Fiddle Die to the program. Ryan, welcome from Colorado to Education, Leadership, and Beyond. How are you? Yeah, thanks so much for joining. And uh, I need a drink of water after eating that uh, cookie, right? <laughs> Maybe a glass of milk. Screen, yeah. <laughs> we will send you some... Uh, after the program here. But folks, this is Ryan Fiddledye, uh, elementary principal uh, in Colorado. Ryan, that school district is Elk Creek Elementary School in Newcastle, Colorado. Did I get that right? You got the school name. School district is Garfield RE2. Uh, but okay. yeah, I'm at Elk Creek Elementary Yep, in Newcastle. And you are going into your fourth year? Going into the fourth year, yep. Well, congratulations. Ryan, your first day with uh, teachers uh, and kids, your first day of school is is uh, Monday the 14th. So tell me, tell me, uh, you know, are you ready? What are some things you're excited about for the first day of school? Yeah, I think we're ready to go. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's always odd for me. I grew up in northern Minnesota where uh, the first day of school is always the day after Labor Day. So I don't know if that's yeah. the same thing for you. But I've been out in Colorado for 18 years, and it's still odd for me to start in the middle of August. So we're we're reporting officially back to work in July. That doesn't that doesn't feel right. So it's very it's, it's odd, right? The, July and August is the summertime for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it should yeah. be should be for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, no, we're, we're ready to go. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got several changes at our school, including in our master schedule and, um, we're adding a bunch of different new resources to our reading math or reading programming and our math programming. So, um, just like anything that change can be hard and a little bit clunky. So we're just trying to be thoughtful on how we uh, lay it all out there. But as far as accepting kids and being ready to go, we had our back to school night this past Tuesday. Uh, we had a pretty close to about 80% uh, of our families in attendance. Uh, wow. Even far beyond what I was expecting. Uh, most yeah, of our that's great. Were, yeah, and that 70 to 85% of their kids uh, came and saw them. And it was, you know, it's just always good to have the kids back in the building. I mean, that's what we're there to prepare for. Absolutely. And Ryan, kicking off the year, 23-24 school year, what would you say are your top two initiatives, things that in June you want to look back and say, yeah, we accomplished those two things. Yeah. You know, I guess for me in this particular school year is when we got several different uh, new resources or programs coming into the school, I want to be able to do those, do those well. And usually you want to hit the, you want, you feel like you want to hit the ground running, but actually want to go fast, go slow to go fast. So I just want right. people, I want our teaching staff to feel, you know, you know, gradually comfortable in using those programs and not feel like they just have to, to do it right away to fidelity. Um, and I want, I want us to see some value by the end, you know, when we're using these new things, we do, we, anything new we do because we want to be better. Um, and hopefully we see some of the results of that by the end as well. So trying to be really thoughtful of laying that out. Um, and then really, I just want to continue to um, 
we have it established, but to continue to sustain our school is a great place to go to school, but even a better place to work, like a fulfilling place mm. to work. If I look at the staff as my students, um, I really want them to, to go home with energy and feeling satisfied uh, with, with their position there at the school too. So I think we're, we're on a great track for that. Our climate and culture feels really good, but every year stands on its own and we've, we've got to do a lot of work to be able to continue to sustain that. So looking at a lot of things for me as a leader to be able to, to put people in a great position to feel good about what they do at the school. Yeah. Great answer there. If you're watching the show live, jump in, say hello, introduce yourself, let us know where you're watching from and you want to throw a question uh, in the chat uh, for Ryan and I, that would be awesome. Ryan, how about you, right? You're preparing to, to face that the students, the staff, to be the leader that everybody's looking at. Uh, what what about you this year? Year four, right? You're four. You're, you're you're there um, professionally and personally. What are a couple of things that you want to accomplish this year? Yeah, um, it, you always put down your your goals for the year, and sometimes it's challenging for me as you just kind of roll in from one year to the next. But um, this year, I'm really kind of looking at like internal leadership, um, things that I can control and, and looking for situations that require leadership that might be uncomfortable and then stepping into those situations quickly and, um, you know, drawing boundaries for myself, the students, the staff, but then I've always had a challenging uh, time with myself of like detaching myself from outcomes. So you do everything you can to have some level of a positive outcome, whether it be a hard conversation with a kiddo, a parent, or a staff member. And if it, if it didn't end the way that you intended, uh, I'd always wear that for a long period of time. And now just trying to look internally of doing the very best I can to attain the outcomes that I want. And if I don't quite get it, being okay with detaching myself from that too. So just kind of looking internally of all the things I can control and then, um, you know, not letting it get to me, um, if it doesn't go my way. Yeah. I, uh, I call that the windshield uh, wiper mentality, right? You just got to kind of wipe it away. You got to keep driving. You got to keep moving forward and, and clean that view in front of you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've always, yeah, I've never shied away from those types of conversations, but I don't, I want to start working on, you know, dealing with the anxiety of them pre preparing for that kind of stuff. And then, mm -hmm. like I said, if, if it doesn't go well, being like, okay, that didn't go well, but I gave it my best shot and then moving on from that. And then if, if I have to circle back to make it go well the next time, or if there's more to be done with that, it doesn't mean it's just done. It just means I'm just letting it affect me emotionally less. Yeah. Well, and you know that we're going to lead right into refereeing. Now you're a basketball referee like me. Uh, we have that in common and you know, you got to move on from that last call. Even if it was right, you got to move on from it because you got to get the next one right. So would you compare that, what you just said, kind of to that mindset of officiating? 100%. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing so basketball. I think this is year 23 for me. And I do wow. football. I do football too. And I've done football. Oh. We're approaching year 20. I've got to I'd go, go back and count on my fingers a few times. But um but yeah exactly like making the call living with the consequence of the call that you made and then moving on um and i think it just comes down to how you present yourself in all those situations too mm -hmm. yeah good answer ryan would you know again the summer turning the page from the summer to school looking back what are you most proud of this summer maybe one thing prof professionally and one thing personally that you look back and say man i'm really glad i got that done or i, I did that thing yeah. I mean, summertime, to be honest with you, uh, for me, 
we were we were like solid with hiring this summer. So this is my first one nice. of going into three year four where it's like, oh, we've actually got all our people in place and we've got great people in place. You know, I'm just extremely happy with the staff that I have. We've got just some of the best people in the entire world educating kids and to not have to worry about like who's going to cover what or anything like that. And knowing that the people that we have in place to continue to build off that, that's a really huge benefit. So I, I don't know how many summers I'll get like that. So I'm just going to, I'm going to take that one and enjoy that as well as actually being fully hired throughout the summertime. Yeah. Sorry, my computer went to sleep. Hold on. Can you still see me? Yeah. I'm sorry. I can still see you. You're still there. We got you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And then you and I talked about it. You said about personal. Uh, we talked about it before we jumped on the podcast. I'm going through a separation with my wife, um, and I'm just I'm I'm proud of both of us and how we've navigated that. It's like it's it's not a situation I've ever thought I'd see myself in, um, and I don't think she did either. Um, but we're here, and you know, been super agreeable for all the messy parts of things, um, and you know, we've been able to maintain important relationships with people and friends and stuff like that. And um, it doesn't mean that her and I are close or anything like that. Um, but just being able to navigate that, and I can know I can do that while I'll continue to be a, a leader in front of a school. Because immediately I was like, it's almost embarrassing for me as a leader that focuses on relationships and I'm not able to kind of maintain the most important one in my life. Right. Like, so that, like that felt like a huge level of failure for me and embarrassment, but um, you know, giving some time to think through that and then working through it with her, it's not something to be embarrassed about. Um, uh, it's, it's something that um, you know, it, a phrase we've been using at schools, things don't happen to you, they happen for you. So if I'm looking oh, right. at it like it happened for me, there's a lot of room for for me to grow personally and as a leader with that. I, I, it's not what I want, <laughs> but it's here. And um, I, I think there's a lot of things that I can use through that experience as a leader of a school. Yeah. And what are, what are some things, Ryan, and thank you for talking about that, you know, to not only the celebrations we have, but maybe the challenges or the struggles. What would you say in reflecting upon that situation? You know, you're going into this school year, you professionally and personally, what might you do different in your relationships with other people reflecting on what happened going through a divorce? Yeah. Number one is I think is looking internally, like any kind of situation that might make you upset as a principal or anything like that, or a certain staff member acts in a certain way, or they're upset about something, you take it personally, uh, looking internally for me of what, what, what did I do or what didn't I do to create the environment, you know, like as ultimately uh, as a husband or as a principal of a school, I'm responsible for creating the environment that exists. So if it's if it's not the environment I want, luckily I'm in a position that I can change that into to something mm. I do want. And and um, and I don't mean to say that as far as like I'm the boss. This is how it is. This is how this is how we're going to do things. We do it collaboratively. But if there's any kind of thing that's kind of harming our climate and culture, I, I have the ability to work on that myself and, and make those changes. So that that's the number one thing that I'm looking at is is me. Um, when other things are happening, when it's very easy to, to blame or, or, or vent or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I wish you the, the best, uh, through that, that situation. Um, let's focus a little bit now on, on your leadership. Uh, you know, people are, are seeing you on the podcast, they're hearing you, but how would you describe your, your leadership, Ryan, you know, of, uh, being in the halls, being with your teachers, faculty meetings, uh, student assemblies, what would you say is your leadership style? 
Um, I, I almost have to Google for what the labels are because I'm not quite sure what they are. Uh, but the only one that comes to mind is like, well, like servant leadership or hands-on leadership or anything like that. I, I don't, I mean, do things like that, but I don't know if I'd label myself like that. The best one I could describe is probably some level of an empathetic leader and the fact that I at least value and try to notice other people's needs and wants and then adjust to that accordingly. So, um, you know, I like to, to use the phrase that I like to work with people and not against them. Um, nice. And then um, a phrase that I got from one of our, one of our camps years ago, I don't, do you remember, um, what's his name? Uh, Fish, um, Randy McCall. Mm-hmm. Remember him? He did a, a speech at one of the camps and one of the phrases he used as far as dealing with coaches is uh, hear everything, but respond at very little. Right. So you just same thing as an empathetic leader. You, you should notice everything that's going on to your building. Doesn't mean you have to address every little thing that's going on in your building either. So you're just always having that finger on the pulse of things. Same thing on the basketball court. Uh, coaches are going to say a lot. Fans are going to say a lot. Um, I don't ignore any of that. I take that all as input and in how we manage the game or the or the school. Same same idea with that, too. So hopefully I'm noticing enough to uh, to. Um, make sure that people don't always have to request time with me for them to tell me. Hopefully I'm in front of that a little bit too, if I'm, if I'm being aware. Yeah. I like that answer a lot, uh, Ryan. And again, you mentioned the refereeing. What would you say are a couple takeaways from your life as an official football and basketball that help you in school? What are the, some of the skills that maybe cross over between the two? Yeah, there's, there's quite a bit, actually. My favorite to, like joke to use with people is because I've worked in education my whole life. And then I've been officiating sports since I was in college. It's like how I got started is that that was the gig I was doing in college. And so I've just kind of continued both those passions, but I've really only held jobs where people are irrationally upset with me. Like just nothing but irrationally mad at me at all times. So, uh, you know, 20 plus years of doing things like that, you definitely develop a feeling of, of, of calm, of not panicking. Like even, even when in moments when it feels like pan, there should be panic. Um, I, I like to be the calmest person in the room, or I like to think of myself as the calmest person in the room. I don't always achieve that, but I feel like I do a, a pretty consistent job of that. Um, I'd say composure under pressure. Um, when you're on the court, you have to perform. Like there's a lot of eyes on, on the officials, not there to watch the officials, but they notice, they notice calls. Um, and so being able to be composed under that pressure. And then also just, uh, I would say just embrace being uncomfortable. Like, mm. you know, being a principal, there's a lot of uncomfortable moments sprinkled throughout. Seems like every day. I don't think it's everything single day, but there's a lot of uncomfortable <laughs> moments. Same thing on the court. Like you just have to embrace being uncomfortable. Um, and the more times you're put in those situations, the kind of better equipped you are to handle them. Yeah. I'm always amazed working with principals, too, that they are not prepared for that irrational behavior that you mentioned or the the angry parent. They just they're not equipped. They're not used to it. You know, as a teacher, I guess maybe you're more sheltered or or don't have as as big of a wide avenue to to have people come at you being angry but uh, the principal you know they're all they're all coming at you not that different than a referee so kudos to you and uh yeah you're well equipped to handle those situations and honestly you know what i, I wish i was better too you know what i mean like i don't know if it's yeah. the same for you but i i feel like there's i have a, a, a friend that's athletic or athletic director at one of the local high schools and he just seems to be 
super almost thrive in that type of uh, conflict, you know, and with me, I'm still, you know, I still feel the butterflies and I still feel some of the anxiety before making hard phone calls. It doesn't mean you don't make them. Um, and I, I wish there was ways for me to be so good at it that, uh, that that would go away. Um, but you always kind of have to show that courage and, and, and get in the face of those things and have a good plan for your conversation and, and go from there. But even with all these years of experience of different levels of things, I, I wish I was better at it still too. And how, I, how it feels, yeah. I don't know how it's the same for you or not, or, Hey, surviving and thriving, right? That's the, you know, that's the surviving and thriving. And even uh, today I posted about, and it's in the book, it's in the Tales from the Hardwood book, uh, you know, act as if, right? Act as if you're not nervous. Act as if you've been here before. Act as if you're, you're comfortable handling this situation because the more you act that way, you become how you act. And, and that's, you know, advice we give leaders. Uh, and I literally posted that today on, on social media from the book. So, uh, sometimes we have to do that, right? Yeah. I couldn't agree with more. Yeah. 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 Uh, again, I want to welcome our audience in. There's a number of people watching live. Please say hello. Uh, let us know where you're watching from and, and, uh, maybe have a question for Ryan. Ryan time. I call it ownership is a huge, part of the job you know tell me about managing your day uh how do you how do you set your flow of the day uh how do you set that schedule how do you how do you manage and own the time of your day um well well i don't like i, I have two amazing uh secretaries that manage my day for me um so i don't know if you've uh I've attended breakthrough coaching with, uh, with one of my secretaries and we've been able to train the other one in a similar manner. Um, and they're, they're the, uh, gatekeepers for me. So they, they, they're the, they're the filters for me. They make my schedule. They, they speak for a lot of my time. Um, they're allowed to schedule my time. We meet daily so that they're on the exact same page with me. And then they know how to fiercely protect my time. So um, mm. they'll interrupt meetings that's going long with a knock on the door and sticking their head in and saying, Hey, your two thirties here. And then that helps me wrap things up and stay on time as well. Uh, they'll run interference for me when there's people that are trying to get to me without an appointment, not to say that I don't have an open door, not willing to talk to people, but they, you know, they run the interference. So somebody doesn't just have a, a, a clear line to come in when I'm, when I'm doing my stuff too. So, you know, as much as possible, I like to be out and out in the building, but um, you know, we learned through breakthrough coaching of how to set those daily meetings with each other. And then um, have those expectations. We have an accountability list with each other and then they, they run my day. So shout out to uh, Cindy and Chloe, my two secretaries they are amazing people um, and they, they get it. And um, they're the reason I have time. If I, if I do have time, it's because of my secretaries and the, and the way they protect me. Awesome. You, you scored two points there, giving a shout out to them. Um, <laughs> Ryan, to. you mentioned about that, that breakthrough coaching, I think is what you called it. Tell me about that. What was that that you went through a training with your secretary and, and what was that like? Oh, it was great. So when I did it with Cindy, um, this was three years ago, my first year's principal was the full on COVID year. So you know, school shut down in March. I got hired principal in June. And then we had to figure out how to get kids back into school and things like that. That was my first go around as a principal. So wow. I didn't know how to use my secretaries at all. Yeah. I feel like drive yeah. by, drive by tasks. Like as I'm walking by, oh yeah, I need this done, this done. And I go back to, oh, this done, this done, whatever. And we just didn't have a good system for it. So if there's any principals out there or, or 
people that have secretaries, administrative assistants, Google breakthrough coaching for education. And what it is, is they, um, it was amazing. Uh, one of my favorite professional developments that I've had, they have the, your secretary attend the training with you. Um, so it's a, it's a training specifically for like a superintendent and their secretary or principal and their secretary. It's education based. And then they give their four components of um, like the impeccable office, the daily meeting, uh, accountability list. And I forget the fourth one. I'm probably not saying them correctly. It's been three years since I've done the training, but we've done a lot of the components of that. Yeah, sure. Well, so that, that's a, it was like, uh, I think it was a four day training that we we did. And you, like I said, you, you do that with your secretaries, but it, when we came out of that, it was a whole different person on how I was able to utilize those people. Um, so uh, the, my, my task list went from like this down to like manageable. And, wow. it, and it really freed a ton of time up for me to be out in classrooms out in the school because they can take care of a lot of things that I, a lot of tasky things that I was good at that got me to the spot that I'm at that is no longer my responsibility. <laughs> like, but I thought it was, you know, and being able to to do that with them was it was a big driver in me um, getting better. Awesome. Breakthrough coaching. I want to give a shout out to Will Freed. Will's a friend of mine getting back into education. I know he's a hoops ref as well. So uh, Will, thanks for uh, listening and wish you a, a great start back in your education career. Um, Ryan, about sharpening your saw. Again, you had the summer, some time off away from school, right? It allows us to reflect, recharge. What are some things that you do to really recharge and, and sharpen your saw heading into the school year? What are some techniques, some things that you do? Yeah, I mean, for me particularly, it's mostly around self-care, you know, taking care of myself, doing things that I enjoy, um, spending time with with my kids. Um, you know, since, since the COVID year, one huge benefit of that is what we're doing right now is like the Zoom aspect of things or the Facebook Live or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it went from mm -hmm. even hiring, like it used to be like you'd get the, this – six, seven candidates, and you'd have to figure out which day to get them to the school, and you'd have to put together a team and then spend the next six hours at the school and doing all of that. Um, now when we get candidates in the portal, usually I'm interviewing them from my house the next day over Zoom as we're trying to get people in and get people hired. Not that we're trying to be um, quick about it, but a lot of times you know, in the district, we're actually fighting over candidates from schools and stuff like that. We can get them in pretty quick. Um, I mean, I, our current one of our current kindergarten teachers, I, uh, I I interviewed her from the basement at my sister's house in Minnesota while I was on vacation. You know, it was wow. just stuff like that. Wow. It's pretty amazing. That yeah. Do that. So I actually yeah. don't even go into the school physically a whole lot in the summertime. Um, just taking that moment and step away. I'm always dabbling in the work, but I can do it from here where my kids are present and stuff like that. So I'm trying to, uh, trying to focus on me because I know, I know what recharges myself and, and, and that's stepping away for a little bit. Definitely. I'm not, I'm not somebody that wants to run a summer school or, or do anything like that. Um, if I'm going to do any separate side jobs, it's going to be totally education unrelated. Yeah. Yeah. Doing something different certainly uh, gives you a different perspective. How about your mornings, uh, Ryan, in the summertime? You know, is there, is there an exercise routine or a reading or coffee? What's your what's your your thing in the morning? I find great leaders have great morning routines. Uh, so give us a, a, a glimpse into that. Yeah. Um, well, regardless, summer or um, school year, um, it's some level of exercise. So, um, you know, like this morning I was up on the rowing machine 
doing that uh, Peloton boot camp on the rower and, and some sort of workout in the morning. So I'm usually up by 4.30 or 5 doing that. And that kind of moves me for my day. Because um, if I don't do it then, I, I can't do it after. Like, you know, I've yeah. got a 12-year-old yeah. that's in volleyball and soccer. I've got a six-year-old that's in soccer. Um, and then all the other school stuff, there's just, I would just never, I'd never find that time for exercise. But that's during the school year. And then passionate about mountain biking. So in, during the summertime, you know, I'm usually up by six or seven o'clock meeting friends, going for rides and stuff like that. Usually that's the exercise too. So have to reserve those for the weekends during the school year. It's got to be the home, mm-hmm. the, the home gym in the mornings otherwise, but that that's worked really well for me. And, um, for the last, I don't know, probably close to 10, 10, 12 years that I've consistently woken up and, and done some level of exercising before school. Yeah. Absolutely got to do it. Um, Ryan, someone who's helped you uh, professionally, personally, uh, you mentioned about that she's a great mentor is your your current superintendent, uh, Heather Grumley. Uh, What would you say are some things that you've learned from Heather and uh, her ways to mentor you, some ways that you've grown? Yeah, I mean, myself and the principal team in the district are all very fortunate that we've all kind of kind of grown up with Heather. Like Heather's been in the district for close to 30 years. Um, wow. So I, I've known her for all 18 of the years that I've been teaching. And I first met her when I was teaching fourth grade. And then um, she became the principal at elementary school that I, that she eventually hired me to be an academic coach of. Um, and then so her and I worked together in the same school for three years. Um, and she moved on to assistant superintendent, superintendent role. Um, and then she was actually the one that hired me to the principal role as well. So nice. um Supposedly, this is her last year as well. So I think uh, all the principal teams a little bit on edge, a little bit of like who might be stepping in because it's been really, it's been a, a huge benefit to have somebody that you respect, that you look up to, that you're close with, that you consider a friend. Um, but you know, just because we're friends doesn't mean we're, you know, we get charity by any means. You know, she she definitely holds us to things and uh, pushes us as well. So, you know, she's she's taught me things about how to lead a building and push push people behind beyond being comfortable and then reining it back in when you've pushed too far and then showing a lot of that empathy and being aware of, of situations and how people are feeling. And then always keeping your eyes on the prize of, of climate and culture. Like if your climate and culture is sagging, you need to address that before anything else. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I, I've got just nothing but respect for her and our assistant superintendent, um, Lisa Pierce as well. It's another person I've worked with for a long period of time, but just that whole chaos in the, in the two COVID years and masks and school board meetings and um, a lot of, a lot of um, things that are said about those two people that are completely untrue. Um, and it's all out of passion for kids with parents and upset feelings over, um, you know, the whole idea of, you know, whether it's um, vaccines or masks and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy we're seem to be on a lot of that craziness of those types of school board meetings, but to see them stand tall through all of that is, is admirable beyond admirable. Couldn't believe it. Yeah. Leadership. Uh, you know, the pandemic didn't build character. It revealed character and Thank you. Uh, yeah. those leaders stood up through that and, and kudos to you and the leaders in your district there, Ryan. So stood up and um, showing up, you know what I mean? Like they could have stayed in their office after that or whatever, just came to school board meetings. They're still at schools. You know what I mean? So, nice. so yeah, a lot of a uh, huge level of respect there. Awesome. And having those mentors around us modeling what it is that it should look like is a great thing. And, uh, awesome stuff. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Uh, 
Ryan, we mentioned surviving and thriving, right? And I've had a number of guests on here. I learned so much from hosting this podcast. You know, what would you say is the one action, the one word, the one behavior, the one strategy, the one kind of personality trait, surviving, blank, thriving? If you had to put one thing in there, what would you say that word is? Sorry, you broke up for a second there. Can you repeat the second? Yeah, surviving, blank, thrive. Oh. Okay, we're back. You you were just Did totally we lose you again. Yeah, it's just frozen. You were just like, <laughs> just like this. So surviving. <laughs> And driving, like, what's my action word for? Yeah, what's your action word? What's your habit in there? What's your behavior in there to not just be surviving but thriving? Oh my gosh, um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I mm, let's come back to that one. Let me think about that a little bit. Okay, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I believe all these. Readers, Ryan. So, what would you read this summer? What are you reading now? What what's on your reading list? Well, <laughs> I mean, what kind of podcast this is? But the book that I just finished is "The Subtle Art of Not Giving yeah. a Yeah, <laughs> a mm -hmm. You Know What." So uh, that's the latest book that I've, um, you know, I've heard a lot of people at our school have, have read that and recommended that one. So I've gotten that one too, and that one's definitely looking through a lot of different ways of dealing with adversity too yeah yeah and like you mentioned earlier clearly you're learning from that that you just got to move on you just got to move on from some of these situations yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's the latest book yeah okay uh was there anything you wanted to talk about that i did not ask you um i guess in my notes here i just wanted to kind of put it just a plug in or just discuss with you or just see if you had the same feelings of just like just how amazing educators are like I, i'm not like the teaching staff like like in many ways i feel like one of the luckier people in the entire world like i work with some of the best people in the entire world so it's amazing to me like each year you know we have open teaching positions sometimes we only have like two three four candidates to even fill the position so it's not even like a deep pool to fill it and somehow out of those two, three, four people, we still come up with like the very best of the best. You know what I mean? Like, so even though there's not near as many candidates, the ones that still exist and that come in, they, they must just know and have something about them. Like, it's just amazing to me that even though we do, we're getting less kids through college and education. And our, like I said, our, our employee portal is always pretty thin, even though we work and live in a beautiful area over here. And the people that we get are just incredible. Like um, we help coaching guide them but i tell you what it takes a special type of person to, to do the stuff that we do every single day so i don't know if you feel similarly with the staff that you have or what you see when you're in hiring but i just that always boggles my mind yeah no i love that i love that you wanted to give your staff a shout out uh teachers have been through a lot uh with that pandemic and and just even before that the respect level uh what they're doing with kids i, I you know is, is tremendous and they should be commended. They should be rewarded. They should be more. Um, the respect level of education has to continue to rise. Leaders like you are doing that. I think getting the word out in podcasts like this and others, 
I think it's important, but we got to continue to celebrate and recognize those people and continue to support educators on the front lines, like you mentioned in the school board meetings, but also behind the scenes as well. So kudos. And I agree. Yes. Yeah. And that, not just they're doing it, it's yeah. just the skill with which they do it too. Like it's just, you know, some of our, my teaching staff has just far surpassed me in, in the skill of teaching. You know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah. it's just amazing yeah. to see. So I just, yeah, it, it, it's, I feel lucky. I'm very blessed. Awesome. Ryan, let's go to uh, a rapid fire. This is us coming down the stretch. This is the last two minutes of the game. Uh, these are quick questions. You know, you got to blow that whistle quickly. It's not football where you can wait on and hold the flag. All right. You got Are you ready? Well, let's, let's make some calls. All right. We already know about the last book you read. So, what's the last movie you saw? I just watched Super Mario Brothers with my six year old son last Saturday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Favorite dish? Uh, well, I mean, tacos for like a consistent one, but uh, my brother-in-law went to LSU, so he brought the the culture of crawfish boils to my life. Mm -hmm. So I'd say that's my favorite kind of like event eating type of thing is, is doing crawfish boils. I like it. Favorite place to travel? Northern Minnesota in the summertime. That's where my, my mom and dad and my sister still live there, so we get a little bit of the lake life for myself and the kids for a little bit, but one week a year. I heard, there's, I heard there's a coast there. Say that again? I heard there's a couple lakes there. There's one or two, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, on January 1st, I will be glad that I fill in the blank. Yeah, I will be glad that I adhered to a new standard of communicating my needs to people and being more direct in my approach to challenges. Bam! You had that Bam. one ready. That's I had to good. write that one. <laughs> well, good, man. Make that a goal. Put that up there. Great answer. The best leaders are the best because. I, I think this came from Joey Crawford, this quote, um, NBA official. He said, bad refs don't know when they're bad, and that's what makes them bad. Good refs know when they're bad, and that's what makes them good. So the best leaders are the best because they know when they're when they haven't done well. That is a great. That's one of my favorite. Say that one more time. Say that one more time, right? That was great. And this is Tress because you know on the floor, like you you've probably worked with some struggling officials as well. So the bad ones, though truly bad ones, don't know when they're bad when they've made made bad calls or when they're bad on the court, and that's what makes them bad. Good refs know when they're bad, and that's what makes them good. Wow. I love that. That's there you go. <laughs> what is a pet peeve of yours, Ryan? Something that gets under your skin. <sighs> Cars that hang out in the left lane. Um, oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Were you on my drive to work today? Come on. Oh, God bless Oh, my God. God. Move over. Oh, it's called the passing lane. I'm talking about staying within myself this whole podcast, but even my 12-year-old, six-year-old in the vehicle, I am yelling at the windshield every damn time. Give do, my you honk, honk, yeah. do you honk? Do you bright the lights? What do you do? Uh, you know, some level of tailgating, and then as they finally move over, you do the kind of stare at them as you drive. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm telling my daughter, I'm like, this is what, like, when you get 16, you are not driving like this. It's like, when you, when you, go past, you go past people, then you get out of the way. So. You've been in Colorado a long time. Vikings or Broncos? So, not even close. Vikings. 
Vikings of purple. Did you know, So, if you don't live in Minnesota, that the last championship game uh, appearance for any major sport as a Minnesotan, we haven't even lost a championship game, whether it's Super Bowl, World Series, um, NHL Finals, anything like that since 1991. We have not appeared in a championship game since 1991. Was it the Twins or the Vikings? So every Minnesota person that grew up, I was a third grader. When the twins won the 91 wow. World Series, I actually remember that. And we hang on yeah. to the is that Kirby Puckett in that Kirby group. Puckett, yep, Jack Morris. Yep. Yeah. That's the last time we've yeah. made a championship. We haven't lost a championship game. We've lost a lot of games to go to it. But yeah, even Cleveland has won a championship in that time. I mean, wow. Come on. Mm-hmm. Wow. But still I know my Giants. Yeah, I know my Giants beat the Vikings a couple of times deep in the playoffs. <laughs> a couple of times. I remember one was about 41 points as well. So yeah, it's Randall just, Cunningham. Yeah, right? yeah, we're, we're, I'm, I'm well aware of my uh, painful history, but hey, I, I can't walk away now. At 8 a.m. on Saturday morning, I feel, fill in the blank. I usually feel like a, mi- a million bucks. By Saturday, I'm ready for self-care, take care of almost entirely all my business, uh, hopefully by Friday morning so that I can take a couple days to reset myself and, and be the best principal and dad I can be for the next week. Best takeaway from this show for our guests. From this particular one the, or, or any of your previous ones. This, no, one. this one. Yeah. I mean, I guess the best takeaway I would say is, you know, like, just have an awareness of your people. We've talked about empathetic leadership a whole lot and, and just knowing, know when you're bad, like we just said, know when you're bad and that's what makes you good. And, and you, you, you are in control of what, uh, of, of the environment and how you can correct that. Love that quote there. What's one thing you're curious about, Ryan? That's a tough question for me, but, but one thing I'm kind of just like curious about is like, what does this whole public education eventually turn into? Like we've got, AI with chat GPT coming in now, mental health struggles, you know, the teaching pool seems to get shallower and shallower as, as far as like people being interested in becoming teachers and things like that. Like at what level is the breaking point? What happens after that? You know, like, um, or does it somehow rapidly improve or it's a much more desirable position? Like, I just feel like there's such a bad stigma for being a teacher right now. Um, and a, a lot of it is just assumptions being made by people of the outside world. I think it's a, it's a wonderful profession. Um, but where's that breaking point is it just seems, seems to just keep going down the wrong path. Well, people like you and leaders like you and teachers like you mentioned, and I mentioned, you know, they're the ones that are making the change. So let's continue to be the change that we want to see yeah. uh, in the world and certainly in our schools. Ryan, this has been great. I love quotes. Uh, Do you have one that uh, you can end us with? Yeah. So I've used this in interviews and things like that, and I've put it on my resumes and all kinds of stuff. But um, when I was, I don't know, age 16 through 21, something like that, my dad and his brothers owned their own water well drilling business. So every summer I'd work for, I'd drill water wells. And it's hard work, you know, you're, you're shoveling mud pits and you're fixing big machinery and you're always dirty, you're always hot and whatever. My dad and his brothers owned that business for over 30, 35, 40 years or something like that. But um, you know what, there wasn't a single thing, even as a 16 year old punk kid, there wasn't a single thing that they asked me to do that they wouldn't do themselves. So, and I remember my dad saying that to me, like, 
you know, like he asked me to change something or shovel a mud pit or something like that. And he's like, Ryan, I'll never ask you to do something I won't do myself. And they prove that every day. And I've used that quote a lot in, in different um, avenues and stuff. I put it on different things. So I'll never ask you to do something I wouldn't do myself. That's a, that's a good leadership quote for me to stay grounded. Thanks, Dad. I love it, Ryan. And uh, shout out to your dad. Yeah, there. that is hard work. Uh, this is Ryan Fiddledye, Colorado, going in with fourth year as principal. Ryan, I wish you a, a great year. Thank you for your leadership. I wish you the best in your relationship with your family and uh, certainly on and off the field and the court as well. Yeah, thank you. We'd, we'd love to have you out sometime if we can ever get it to work, all right? Let's see what we can do. Yeah. Keep rolling, Ryan. Uh, friends, we're going to wrap up show 254 here again. Ryan, uh, fiddle die. Ryan, thank you for your time. Um, if I can help you in any way, don't hesitate to reach out at Andrew Murata 21 on Twitter. Want to give a shout out to uh, Havzy's Cookie Company again. I, I saved this cookie. Ryan, look for the uh, package coming from them. Use this. Uh, check them out again. They're going to vacuum seal, ship them to you, and uh, great cookies. Signing off, show number 254. Ryan, uh, you stay on the line a moment. And uh, everyone, keep surviving and thriving. Ryan, thanks so much. Yeah.